Hello, guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of uh, Slightly Informed. Um, we have the same three hosts this week, myself, John, and... Nick? <laughs> and McClane. <laughs> <laughs> they were really cute up we're for getting, that one. We're getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah, we're getting warmed up. Um, this week, I mean, there's there's a lot that happened. We we held off on this episode for two <laughs> days because we thought like we'd get some sweet Iowa results. Oh, uh, we didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the state of the union was tonight. So there's a lot to talk about this week. But I think we're gonna start off uh, the podcast with this week's best hot take. And uh, Nick, if you could line that up for me. So this week's best hot take was from uh, Tweeter David Slack. At Slack to the future, send your hate there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> period. While I can't yet prove it, I feel safe in saying that both Bernie One, oh, hashtag Bernie One and hashtag Mayor Cheat are trending because Russian propaganda accounts are <laughs> amplifying them. Putin's goal is to divide us. Instead, let's stand together, elect Democrats, and sanction his ass out of office. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. Best hot take. It was the Epic. Ruskies. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Epic Krasenstein brother energy going on right yeah. here. Yeah, that, oh. was, that was one. If you were on Twitter last night, uh, the night of the Iowa caucuses, uh, these people were already asleep, and all we got was the fun conspiracy theories we're going to talk about next. Wait, 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 wait. I just read his, his uh, Twitter bio. He is a writer for Person of Interest, Teen Titans, and Law and Order. Of Damn. course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I just so. love that you can't prove it yet. But also, but. <laughs> what's stand with the WGA? Is that Women's Golf Association or what? <laughs> <laughs> Rioters Guild, uh, Guild of America. Okay. That was Golf a shot in the dark if I've ever seen one. Hey, I would have given you like a 50-50 yeah, right? chance Come on, on that. Like, <laughs> I had to come up with an acronym right off the bat. Acronym. Acronym. Smoothly. Acronym. Damn. I will say that the uh, the the centrist tinfoil hats w- are always much funnier than the left tinfoil yeah. hats. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's jump into it. John. Are we donning our tinfoil hats, boys? Let's do put it. Put them on. Okay, everyone's putting on their tinfoil hat, and then, <laughs> all right. And I'm gonna toss it to Nick. And Mine looks gonna... like I'm a captain. All right, we, <laughs> we've got. We've got three levels of tinfoil hat for you tonight. I am the pointiest and tallest tinfoil hat for you. This is the most, uh, you know, galaxy brain version of this that you can think of. Um, so, yeah, at the Iowa caucuses, if you haven't seen, um, they basically had an app failure from a app called Shadow, which is not spooky, n- not spooky <laughs> at all. Not, not, <laughs> you know, it's very direct. I, yeah. I, I enjoy their directness. So, um, uh, but this app called Shadow, basically the problem was that anytime your phone went into sleep mode, if you weren't constantly tapping to keep your phone awake, the uh, stuff that you had recorded and were submitting to the DNC would be erased. And you would have to start back over again yeah. and start back over. And even sometimes it would send it through and it would get misinformation on the other end of this. That's the official story from Iowa Democratic Party is that it recorded everything correctly, but then would send the Democratic Party weird skewed results. Yeah, exactly. And and there's there's a lot of ways that we can take this information. I am going to address the you know the wildest accusations. Uh, I will preface this: uh, none of these three things we are saying we have 100% confirmation that these are what happened. I think third thing's most likely. Third thing we'll is most likely. That, I mean, we're, this is how we're going to escalate it from least likely to the most likely. Uh, always now, start with the pointiest hat. Also, yeah. we start with the pointiest tinfoil hat. But uh, got basically, the story with this one is that the DNC knew with the polling ahead of time and with the early results that Bernie was taking a lead. And they, they the only argument that tends to stick on Bernie is his electability. So what they may have done is have a company which has close relations to a campaign, a certain campaign uh, rhymes with Mayor Cheat. for America. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And they basically took that information uh, and intentionally rearranged the information and the vote totals and sent them to the DNC, hoping that they would be reported in a way that shows a a massive Mayor Pete win. Uh, To take the wind out of the sails of Bernie, uh, and to you know, basically show that even though Biden fell off the wagon here and By a lot. <laughs> fell into yeah. fourth place, Mr. Electability, 
uh, that we still had a captain of the ship that was not going to kick off all of the previous captains of the ship. Yeah. Um, now, with this tinfoil hat, I will tell you that there is no confirmation that any of this happened. There is no confirmation that the DNC was involved in any way. But I can see why people believe in some ways that the DNC had their hands in this. They, they clearly are not fans of Bernie Sanders. We have a lot of uh, shaky things happening with the DNC. Co- uh, uh, oh, like rules. Bloomberg donating $800,000 to get on the Democratic debate <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? No, no, that's just democracy dollars. <laughs> democracy no, at work, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, and basically telling, uh, basically telling us that, hey, we're going to not release the last um, poll coming out of the Des Moines Register the day before the election happens. Because Pete was pissed. Yeah. And the, the reason they cited was that Pete was not on a, a, a significant amount of the, of the polling ballots, which and is you know not what? true. As a Yang fan, I have no idea what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> what? They, no. they have never ignored More. my guy and left him off polls. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Never. Yeah, so, so that's a fucking dumb reason. So, yeah, that, that is what kind of uh, bolsters the pointiest of the tinfoil hat conspiracies is that the, the DNC manufactured a Mayor Pete win at least – to press on to give him momentum going into New Hampshire and a veil of electability. Basically, what his entire strategy is. It overlaps with point number two, too, because all they had to do was let him declare victory on national TV without with zero percent precincts reporting. Major Major Juan Guaido from Venezuela energy there, like I'm the new president. I declare myself president today. (laughs) None of the other states matter. Yeah, yeah, right. So one at all. That was the the big plan. Everyone kind of came out of there with a victory speech, but uh, Pete said we are victorious on our way to New Hampshire <laughs> when zero percent of precincts were reporting. So that was a bridge too far for a lot of people. The la- while we're talking about the pointiest of the pointy tinfoil hats, um, I will give kind of some background information on on what we're what is going to relate to the second tinfoil hat as well. Um, the app Shadow uh, is run by a company called Acronym. The CEO of Acronym tweeted the day that Pete announced his campaign, Mayor Pete is running with three heart eye emojis. Yeah, that was the best part. She's like an adult so woman yeah, with yeah, heart just eye like, emojis. Oh my God, like Pete. fangirling yeah. over a mayor from Indiana. That no one heard that, of before this election Yeah, cycle. yeah. And, and basically her husband got a job within the Mayor Pete uh, campaign itself. Another person from inside the... Well, let's roll, let's roll into point number two. Yeah, yeah, let's let John take over. That, the pointiest conspiracy theory is this was all the DNC. The second pointiest conspiracy theory is that Mayor Pete's a dirty, dirty boy. Dirty, <laughs> dirty boy. <laughs> Mayor Cheat. Yeah, Mayor Cheat. So the second tier of the conspiracy theory is that uh, Pete for America donated roughly, or not donated, I guess, they bought services from Shadow for about $41,000. And Shadow is the app that flubbed the whole Iowa caucus, thus giving Pete the ability to say, hey, I won, even with zero of the precincts reporting. And like what Nick was saying, I think uh, this is one of the best summaries I found. Tara McGowan is the CEO of Acronym. She's a Pete Buttigieg supporter, worked for Obama, and is married to Michael Hale, a strategist for Pete. Michael Hale ran Hillary Clinton's 2016 battleground state strategy and has connections to the Democratic establishment. Acronym invested in Shadow Inc. Acronym actually, uh, actually, I think it was Shadow Inc. who said that earlier this year we were acquired by Acronym, and those are very different words. <laughs> invested <laughs> in, in means you gave them some money and you don't have a big amount of say. If someone acquires you, you now own them and dictate what they do. So Acronym is trying to play this whole thing off and say uh, we were just investors. That wasn't our move, but they also tweeted out that they had acquired Shadow. <laughs> so <laughs> it kind of depends if you're going to uh, trust acronym. This is Tara McGowan's tweet from uh, uh, January 17th, 2019. I'm so excited to announce that acronym has acquired GroundBase, the best CRM and SMS tool on the political market, along with their incredible ne- team led by the uh, new CEO's name, are launching Shadow, a new tech company to build smarter infrastructure for campaigns. So they said they acquired them, and they're launching Shadow. It sounds a little more than just investing to me personally. Um, and then <laughs> let's look at the board of Shadow. Gerard Nimera, Shadow CEO. Krista Davis, Shadow CTO. James Hickey, Shadow COO. Anna Rao, Shadow Pro- Product Manager, are all former Hillary for America staff. 
Um, Shadow developed the app that was used by the Iowa caucus and was supposedly going to be used by the Nevada caucus until Nevada saw the clusterfuck that was Iowa and said, no, thanks. We don't want (laughs) to... We're not going to use Shadow. (laughs) We'll go back to the old fancy pen and paper. Um, And Pete Buttigieg is not the only candidate to uh, give Shadow money, um, but he is the largest by far. I think Biden was second, giving them roughly $1,200 for text message services, and Pete gave them $41,000. Greta Carnes, the former senior director of organizing at Acronym, is now a national organizing director at Pete for America. She's from South Bend, Indiana. And Shadow Inc. follows 79 Twitter accounts from their official Shadow Inc. Twitter. And one of them is the Super PAC, which launched uh, attack ads against Bernie Sanders, uh, the Democratic majority for Israel. So there's a lot of overlap with our dirty, dirty boy. (laughs) (laughs) So, So tier two of the conspiracy theory is that Pete gave them a shit ton of money so that they could just flub the results just enough, not like essentially falsify an election, but flub them enough that we wouldn't get an answer that night, and then he could go out on the stage and have a victory speech when no one had won. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's essentially tier two, is that Pete claimed victory, and then he walked it back this morning saying, our campaign, he basically, I'm not going to direct quote him because I don't have the video in front of me, but he basically said the campaign was victorious, because we came from such a low bar and came to where we are at this point. This is a victory yeah. for This is a victory for our campaign. For a, for a but that's very different campaign. than saying we are victorious going into New Hampshire. Yeah. The, the word victory is, is pretty clear. It has meaning. Words yeah. have meaning. Yeah, true. And, you know, you can't just make it mean whatever you then decide what you want it to mean afterwards. Yeah. So let's – Tier 3. Tier 3 is – that there were no evildoers, there was no, you know, hacking or no one messed with it. It's just incompetence. A bunch of idiots. A bunch of idiots. <laughs> worked for the Hillary campaign, were high up in the DNC, and got paid a shit ton of money to make a really bad app that didn't work. And as fun, it is, as, fun as it is to throw on a tinfoil hat, yeah. this, this sound, you, you hearing us say this, it sounds right to you, it sounds right to us. They do not have the capability to pull off some kind of major disruption they in be the Donald campaign. Trump. <laughs> like, like, no way. Yeah, they're not. They're not a secret elite group that's pulling this off. Tier three in all our minds is the correct one. That you had a bunch of insider political elites get handed a contract to build an app just because uh, they were insider political elites who didn't know how to build an app and fucked it all up and just pocketed the cash and. Pete got fucking stuck on the side end of that because he was the idiot who gave them $42,000. Well, yeah. Something had to have happened. Either either Pete gave them like money and bought products from this company like as his campaign. 40 and, times as much as Biden. And then, <laughs> exactly, and then the DNC decided, huh, these people should build our app. Or the DNC had already No, I think we them. have the dates. We have the dates. I'll pull it up. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. Wait. Go ahead. Let me see. You can keep talking. I'll While you're doing up. that, I'm going to read a, uh, something here talking about what happened here. They worked with campaign experts Robbie Mook. If you haven't heard about him, he was the 2016 campaign manager for uh, I Am With Her, the Hillary campaign, as well as cybersecurity, national security, technology, and election administration, and simulated different ways that things could go wrong on caucus night. <laughs> Thank, good thing all those simulations happened. Yeah, nothing went wrong. It went perfectly. Okay, so it appears that Pete gave them the money first. That's what I thought. Because Pete gave them the money in July and August of and last year. Right, so tier one is right. The DNC, the DNC decided. October? <laughs> the, no, the DNC was November and December. Okay. So they had already done this, and the DNC decided, oh, there's no conflict of interest. Here. None at all. Yeah, I think this is the biggest point against Pete here is, like, even if you, there was no impropriety, it's important for a campaign to avoid the imp- appearance of impropriety. If it's if it's this easy to at come up cost. with two Why different conspiracy theories. It's literally, like, 25 minutes after <laughs> the Iowa caucus that people link this together. It's just a bad idea, but especially going up against Trump. That's mm. for sure – yeah, they came up with QAnon, that JFK was still alive, and he was secretly going to run as Donald Trump's vice president. You really think they're not going to fucking roll with this? Like, oh, they, they, like, like, we handed them the conspiracy in a bread basket. If Pete wins, like, this is going to be the attack ad that's used all over the internet to get the fucking crazies oh, on. He rigged, so he rigged the first primary, 
He ran on that for the rest of the, the election. He shouldn't even be here. And he's going to rig the vote against me, so if I lose, it's it was because it was yeah. a rigged vote. The, that, uh, the argument makes itself for Donald Trump right there. It's, yeah. it, it, it's, uh, it's shitty that he was caught up in this. I mean, none of us at this table like Pete, but I think this should be kind of a death knell to his campaign because it's just going to be too easy to use to attack him, and all the Democrats are going to be too nice to do it. Yeah. Or, or too sane to do it because it, yeah, it is a tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, but but Trump has a really big tinfoil hat. Yeah, Trump <laughs> so. Trump and his team are not going to be too above board to use this to attack no Pete way. if he's the nominee. Absolutely, they're d- yeah, they're definitely going to use that. Oh man, and this is just a, like for anyone out there who still believes in the American meritocracy that. People get their positions of power, their positions of wealth, their their selection for things uh, are you know purely based off of the the merit of their of their abilities and their actions, and they've earned their spot in the hierarchy to you know don power against all of us. Or this is clearly not what's happening. Like yeah, generally, pretty wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like they're so fucking stupid. It's they, idiots all the way up. They, they are sure. so fucking dumb. All you had to do, like, we don't know coding. We could find one coder and tell him basically the, the process we need to do. That was another thing I, I like was reading about on Twitter is like apps that collate like 1,700 data points already exist. Yeah, you didn't why have did they to have build to make app. a new one? Yeah, That's it, the it, it already part. exists. And to build an app like this would cost a lot more than like the 150000 that Iowa caucus gave them. If WhatsApp could have done better than this. Yeah, I mean, get everyone verified, give them like a code to use, whatever you have to do. And that, that someone was talking about a thing where Airtable or something like that, where you can log in and you use your own secure login and then input some data into some basically well, and there's like a so cloud-based Excel spreadsheet. Like, apps like this, and that's the one thing I saw where someone brought that up and they were like, it's security. That's why it's incompetence. It's this is that's dumb. why it's, it, yeah. it's yep. like, it just proves the point even more. Yeah. Friends just, of friends. I got friends in high places. Yeah. I know that I'm going to get this position uh, you know, in the DNC election process because I'm going to be helping out the campaigns of these people down the road. Exactly. I'm friends with people high up in the DNC. We've got people from both Mitt Romney's campaign manager in 2012 and Hillary Clinton's in 2016. Noted major winners, uh, you know, helping <laughs> helping to run Classic. this. <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it's there. There is no meritocracy. It's it's all just who you know. And, and and people don't even like in the business world, like higher ups. They they don't they don't pretend that it's a meritocracy. If you no. ask them, the the first piece of business advice you get when you go into business school, like I did the first year, is. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's, it's who, who you know. You know. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's basically like a, an admission of the fact that it's not a meritocracy. All right. Well, let's move on from this to the actual polling results, which was also just a huge clusterfuck. Because the Iowa Democratic Party couldn't just fuck it up once. That would have been way too easy. Oh, no. <laughs> so they already fucked it up once, giving us no results for, what was it? The cock- Probably close to 24 hours, maybe like yeah, 20 maybe. hours. So they couldn't give us any results. And they decided, you know, it would be a good idea not give people 100% of the results after they've yeah. been vetted. Let's give people 62% of the results so they can draw wild conclusions until we <laughs> give them the whole picture. It's, like, cur- it's currently February 4th, the day after. Uh-huh. We are sitting here at 9 o'clock at night still with, what, 60 Mountain time. So central 62. time, it's past 3. 10. Yeah. yeah. When they said they were going to release the second chunk of them. 24 hours ago, four years ago. We were at 100%. Yeah. Or, or close 83, to it. 83% right now, yeah. No, I think we were way past. It was 83% it was last 83%. night. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. Uh, oh, a day ago. Yeah, okay. A yeah, day yeah, yeah, ago, year. so, four yeah. years yeah. ago. But at this point today, we would have been way past 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah we for sure. The yeah. whole 100% and been talking about the results. And we had a, a, a debacle like it last year where Hillary declared victory before the votes came in, and it came down to literally a coin flip in three uh, precincts that basically changed it. This is a great way to decide elections. Yeah, and you know, the same thing happened, but this is on a whole other level. Usually by now, we can basically award someone the victory in Iowa. They can carry that momentum into their into their campaign. In and the other States. campaigns would have been collapsed. Joe Biden coming in fourth for sure officially results last night before he made a speech would have collapsed his campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead, he got to make a really nice speech about the hopes and dreams of America and hobble his way on to New Hampshire. Same thing with A.B. Klobuchar. She comes in fifth. She doesn't have to say she came in fifth. She says she's punching above her weight. Yeah. What does that mean? She's punching above Andrew Yang, a guy who's never ran for politics before. <laughs> So, and Tom Steyer. The one thing I like about these results is that it appears that money can't really buy elections, at least in caucus states, because so far Tom Steyer is at like 0.3%. And before they had polls where he was at like 
10, 12, 13 because he was just spending so much goddamn money there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping this is kind with yeah, with sixty three percent out, he's at one yeah. zero? No, he's at like point something. Point three point three percent of the delegates. He got one point seven percent in first alignment and point two percent in final alignment. Yeah. So let's move on to these these numbers here as well. Um, so at this point in time, with sixty two percent reported, which is we, still dumb, which is still dumb that we that this is where we're at. <laughs> we're more than twenty four hours after, and we can't it, talk about it. So the first alignment, Bernie Sanders has twenty seven thousand one hundred ninety four, uh, uh, you know, votes with Pete Buttigieg about four thousand or three and a half thousand behind at twenty three thousand seven hundred and sixty, twenty four point four percent to twenty one point four percent. After the second alignment, he gains some ground, but is still down by about 1,200 votes at uh, 26.2% for Bernie, 25.1% for Pete Buttigieg. Now, that is raw numbers of people who voted for these campaigns. Okay. And if someone who's a political nerd more than we are, because we're just slightly informed, can explain this to me, I don't get how Bernie Sanders can get a higher percentage in the final alignment. And yet, when you go and look at state delegates, Buttigieg is supposedly winning by like 1.8 points. Yep. I don't, I don't get how we could lose both vote totals and come out with more state delegates. That's that doesn't exactly make it. any sense. Sketchy, and in the words, Sketchy-ass coin tosses. And in the words of Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> at the risk of sounding a little simplistic, <laughs> one thing I believe is that in an American presidential election, the person who gets the most votes ought to be the person who wins. Yeah. That aged like milk. He also put out <laughs> on his official Twitter... Iowa, you have shocked the nation. <laughs> By all indications, we are going on to New Hampshire victorious. <laughs> it's like, no, Pete. We have no results yet, dude. <laughs> like, let's fucking tone it down. Slow down a second. I also love, I, this was a, a screen cap from Twitter, but, you know, it was like, first they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win kind of quote. It's a picture of Pete Buttigieg, and it's, first they laugh at you, then they laugh at you, then they laugh at you. Then they laugh at you. (laughs) 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 I think that summarizes a lot of the left's opinion of the Pete Buttigieg campaign. Yeah. Oh, man. And, like, the the whole thing with Pete, he basically rested his entire um, victory plan with running what Obama did in 2008 where he won Iowa – and then went on to have a chain All reaction. Of you're magically electable. Y- yeah, exactly, else. exactly. Yeah. But Obama didn't invest all like ninety north of ninety percent of his campaign funds into one state, and then invest nothing into the rest. Also, like people have been saying this whole cycle, Obama is Obama. Pete is knockoff Obama, he's and he's also not black. Yeah. So you don't get that like fucking South Carolina bump that Obama did. Once people understood that Obama could be elected, they fucking flocked to him. That's not going to happen with Pete. Yeah, Obama is uniquely charismatic. He has amazing stage presence. He speaks very, very well. I hate that like ninety percent of the guy's policies like the guy. But, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah, he's still uniquely charismatic for yeah, some reason. Yeah, like he, I don't, he holds, I don't get it. He holds himself extremely well. He does. Pete he does. He speaks eloquently. He's, it's yeah. You don't. You don't. Even when he is like lying, he's. You don't. You don't. It's like. It's like you know Will, uh, Bill Clinton. It's it's hard to like. It's hard to dislike the guy. Yeah, it's like you know, even when he's lying, it's like oh man, you're lying to our face, but it sounds so good the way it you're saying so it. Sounds so good, lie to me again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how America was for unless for years. those he's sweet, Muslim, sweet lies. That's something. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, also let's let's just address the fact too. Like, let's talk about further polling just real quick before we. I don't know where we're at time wise on this, but the fact that. Uh, it's it's essentially Pete versus Bernie at the very tippy top. Elizabeth Warren is in a strong third place. Joe Biden is in a very weak fourth place, and then Amy Klobuchar is right behind Joe Biden. And if but we, in a strong fifth, yeah, she's in a strong fifth. But if if people told you that like Joe Biden was going to be at Amy Klobuchar's level at, before the Iowa caucus happened, no one would believe. No you. one would have believed you because yeah. his whole argument was like. Yeah, you might not. He, didn't his wife say it? You might not like him. He but may not be your favorite person to, yeah. to, to be the president or something like that. Yeah. But this is what we have to do. Exactly. And that was the <laughs> argument everyone was making was like, this is the compromise we have to make to, to defeat Donald Trump. And Iowa just fucking shot that compromise in the face. So. If your wife can't even pretend that you're an that exciting you're, candidate, yeah, exciting like, candidate. Yeah. how are you going to beat Trump? And I'm thinking if, if the same thing happens in New Hampshire. Uh, and doesn't Nevada happen before South Carolina? Uh, I think it's yeah. South Carolina, Nevada. South Carolina, then Nevada. Okay. But, but I still think if he gets walloped again in New Hampshire, 
I don't think that hard Joe Biden wall in South Carolina is going to stand. And and someone is eating away at his hard wall in South Carolina, a surprising Tom Steyer presence in oh, South Carolina. God. Carolina. Tom Steyer is apparently eating away at about 20% of people who initially had said that they were voting for uh, Joe Biden. Biden. Uh, even, you know, his, you know, hardline black vote, vote you know, yeah. Uh, base there that was going to ride him to victory and make him viable. Uh, Tom Steyer, seventh place Tom Steyer in Iowa is Behind chipping away Behind my boy, at that. Tom Steyer. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-billionaire Tom Steyer. New Hampshire is the 11th, Nevada is the 22nd, and North South, Car- uh, South Carolina is the 29th. That's what I thought. Yeah. So um, what I'm saying is Joe Biden loses New Hampshire, which he will, because Bernie Sanders has like a 15-point lead there. Mm-hmm. And then Joe it. Biden's probably going to lose Nevada, because again, Bernie Sanders has like a 10-point lead there. So he lost three elections. The only thing he was running on is electability. And then you go into the state you're supposed to win, losing three when you're the electability guy. I don't think that argument's going to stick around. If you're in fourth or even third, running into Super Tuesday, being that you're a, uh, uh, saying that you're a bad candidate who has good electability, yeah. that's that's not going to stay. You know how you prove electability? Win <laughs> by winning. You win. Yeah. <laughs> and if he loses three, <laughs> that argument's going to fall apart in front of his face. I also think. Joe Biden's survived off a lot of max donors, like political elites, mm-hmm. and once they see his campaign crumbling, they're not going to continue to give him money. Oh, he's hemorrhaging money right yeah, now. Yeah, they're going to move that support to a Pete Buttigieg or, God forbid, a Bloomberg. Actually, probably no support to Bloomberg because he has his own $50 billion. Damn. But they're going to move away from Joe Biden into the next candidate that they think can defeat Bernie Sanders. Oh, yeah. And, and, like, from a Bernie Sanders perspective, I think even if these results hold off well, I think he is well-positioned. I think he's still—I would imagine that the betting odds still keep him as the highest uh, likelihood of winning the whole thing. Yeah. Because, like I said before, 92% oh, of what Pete Buttigieg funds were going into was Iowa. Not early states, not Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina— Iowa, that, that, just that Iowa. That was their play from the beginning. And it's not like they a commanding like, win either. Even yeah. if he wins, it's going to be like half a percentage point. Yeah, exactly. He's they spent an ungodly amount of their money. I mean, compared to other candidates, they mm-hmm. didn't spend a whole bunch. They did, but they spent a lot of their money trying to win Iowa. Trying to just destroy Iowa. Didn't move on to New Hampshire, and it's going to go get down. He's going to get crushed. He's probably yeah. third there. I think I think Warren is even above him in, in, New, in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. Nevada, South Carolina, and then what's Super Tuesday, which is 15? I think so it's Super Tuesday, states. what do we think? 19? Super Tuesday, Joe Biden will be gone. Amy Klobuchar will be gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bernie's winning in more than half of those states uh, by a commanding lead yeah. and close to close to tied with Biden in, in, in most of those, so that will yeah. drop. I still um, have faith in my boy. Chances are he's not winning, but chances are also he's not dropping because he's got nothing better to do. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's going to stick around through Super Tuesday once, at least. Once, the, once you know, Biden and the Klobes drop, if Yang's still in it, he's definitely going to... He's going to take a little bump. He's going to take a bump. Chances are if Bernie continues to win all those states, you're not going to beat Bernie after no that way. point. Um, but. The momentum's too much. Yeah, the momentum's going to be too much. Unless the club momentum comes from behind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, man. We're all counting on. I, I still don't know how she oh. pulled, she got so high in Iowa. I, I guess I've never been to Iowa, so I don't know what an Iowa voter is like. But I couldn't I, – like, I just don't see the draw. Well, and I feel like Iowa is in, in some ways fairly similar to Idaho. You have the bigger cities, but then you have the Large rural – Large swaths of rural areas. Rural yeah. areas, and I th- – I feel like that's Amy Klobuchar's whole bread pitch. and butter. Yeah. That's that's her thing. That's I'm why from Minnesota. <laughs> exactly. She like gets I all these older white women who are just like, oh mm-hmm. my god, she's amazing. And they have a lot of time on their hands. And bam, can go caucus. Yeah, she's yeah. in. So I once we get into New Hampshire and stuff like that, she's. I also don't. I think she has one of the lowest cash on hand numbers. So I think. Yeah. I, I think I, I, her and Biden are competing for that pole yeah, position. Yeah, I think she's going to have a hard time continuing to raise money if she doesn't do, like, unless there is a weird Clobemento move in New Hampshire or Nevada, which I don't see happening. No, no way. Yeah, no. I, I don't think she sticks around past Super Tuesday. I think some some of these people will ride into Super Tuesday, like, pretending to be hopeful mm-hmm. just to see what happens. But yeah. I think by Super Tuesday we'll have a good idea of what's going to happen unless Bloomberg can pull some wild card. Because I, I do think uh, – 
the one thing going for caucus states for me is like it judges like how enthused your supporters are yeah. and that that's something that primaries don't even though they're definitely more democratic so I think maybe Bloomberg can just spend so much fucking money that he's like in people's mind when they're in the ballot box and like a large swath of the uninformed electorate just like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. Doesn't he <laughs> yeah. shake dogs' mouths when uh, he meets them? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Oh, that's, speaking on that, what you mentioned before, I will say the people who went out for Yang were energetic yeah. and I saw so many videos – you know, of everyone going out, but I just felt like the Yang gang came out in... This is the unfortunate thing of this election, is Yang is most likely Bernie 2016, yeah. where oh, you, you vastly move the Overton window, UBI is going to be a thing of multiple candidates run on whenever there's the next general election, if it's after Trump, or if it's eight years or four years of a Democrat, and then the next one. Or, or even midterms. Yeah. Like with, yeah. With the I mean, House, there's already a like lot of people running on UBI, mm. so I think he's vastly moved the Overton window on that. And then the next time there's a big election, some senator or congressperson is going to be like, shit, this random Asian dude uh, got this far in the process just by running on this. I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know? I could do that, and I'm a politician. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that might be it on our uh, Iowa election you know, coverage. The tinfoil hats came out. Uh, you can make your decision as to which, uh, yeah. which tier of the tinfoil cap you're on. Um, but yeah, if there is any other information you guys have on this that we don't about Iowa, go ahead and uh, send it to us and hit us on Twitter. Yeah. And hopefully by next week we'll actually know results because so far it's not looking great. <laughs> All we'll right. probably know around December. 15th. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By Super Tuesday, election. maybe we'll know what happened here. <laughs> they were joking that we would figure out the New Hampshire vote before we figured out the Iowa vote. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I think <laughs> that's scarily real. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, see you Welcome back to the second half of the Slightly Informed Podcast. Um, and as always, we're going to start our second half off with our shout-outs for the shout week. Shout-outs. Yeah, so we're going to kick it right off to McLean. Who are you shouting out this week? Man? I think my shout-out, you know, I had one in mind, but I very recently changed it. I think I'm going to shout-out Nancy Pelosi for ripping up Trump's speech as soon as he got done. That was a pretty baller move. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, at the very beginning... She uh, stuck her hand out to shake his hand, and he just kind of looked at her and turned around, and she was like, all right, I'm going to rip up your speech, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and she had the good restraint to wait till the very end. Yeah, she did, but it was just like, so she ripped it up, threw it on the table, and she's like, fuck this. Like, and she grabbed like a second one from somewhere. Yeah, she yeah. Also ripped up that another up. newspaper, yeah. yeah. Here, a second copy. Just in case the camera wasn't too. looking. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. In case they didn't see it. Here you are. Oh, no, that was pretty that, good. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's my shout out. All right, shout out Nancy. Nick, where are you coming from this week? All right. <sighs> you ready, folks? My shout out goes to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, <laughs> shout out for receiving. American Patriot. American Patriot, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but, yeah, shout out to this American Patriot for receiving the Presidential Medal of Freedom during a State of the Union during. address. Oh First God. time that any award has been given out during a State of the Union address. Um, and, uh, yeah, a shout out to you for getting uh, advanced lung cancer. Now, all jokes aside, um, I, I would like to extend a, uh, <laughs> an olive branch to the Limbaugh family. Uh, I know what you're going through is tough. And I just hope and uh, wish for Rush to have a quick and speedy death. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think that's I a little too harsh. <laughs> you have to look up the things that Russia said over his career. Yeah, yeah. I will also point out kind that of an Trump asshole. didn't give it to him. Melania did, yeah, which was true. like, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I can't think of a more toxic and just horrible person that has affected our democracy worse than, you know, than Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, it, it really is like Glenn Beck could never. Well, what was like, the big thing that everyone freaked out that he called Obama? He, oh, he called him the magic Negro. Oh my God! That's yeah. what he he coined that. He, there's just so that's many. Not, it's been quite Dave, as bad as what I was imagining in my head. <laughs> oh man, no! It's he's got some horrible, horrifying takes. Uh, one of the funniest ones was uh, was though when uh, Bill Clinton got elected, he gets on the air, he starts the mic, and goes, "America held hostage." 
day one. (laughs) (laughs) They're just the most melodramatic people on earth. And um, yeah, I'm... I never cheerlead someone's death, but uh, I will not miss you when you're gone. Goodbye. Wasn't there, I think it's falsely attributed to Mark Twain all the time, but he's like, I never wish someone, uh, I never wish like death on anyone, but there are some obituaries I read with a smile. (laughs) It's like, like, I don't want to wish him death, but like, I'm not going to miss him when he's gone. I will be the first to say I will throw a party when uh, Henry Kissinger dies. That That is actually going to happen. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys are all, all invited. Everyone's so invited. We'll all the listeners. Yeah. BYOB. <laughs> We're just starting out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think I'm next on the shout out. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> um, my shout out this week is oddly enough for Tom Steyer, uh, who I don't usually care. One and only shout out he'll ever receive. Yeah. yeah I don't, I, he seems like a nice enough guy, but I don't like what he's doing to our democracy either. Um, but he says on Twitter... Maybe, uh, or I guess let's read Donald Trump's tweet first. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs on a great game and a fantastic comeback under immense pressure. You represented the great state of Kansas and, in fact, the entire USA so very well. Our country (laughs) is proud of you. And so Tom responds, um, maybe Pompeo should bring real Donald Trump a blank map to see if he knows where the Chiefs play. This is why I support more education funding. Hashtag Missouri. <laughs> it's Kansas City, Missouri. That's boys. not where they yeah. play. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah, not yeah. in the state of Kansas. They're not in the great state of Kansas. And I like that he just roasted him a little bit for that. So oh, thank you, Tom. So funny. And I think <laughs> we're going to use that as a jumping off point into our first little short segment um, that's going to cover the ongoing relationship uh, between... Uh, what did we say? Chad Mary Louise Kelly and Virgin Mike Pompeo. Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. certified bad bitch, yeah. Mary Louise Kelly. Yeah. Uh, shout out to you. Just a quick follow-up on our ongoing segment. So I think Nick's going to play a clip first for us, and then we're going to talk about some other developing news, and we'll move on to some other thing. Area of State, Mike Pompeo. <laughs> Whoa. That's impressive. That was very impressive, Mike. <laughs> that reporter couldn't have done too good a job on you yesterday, huh? I think you did a good job on her, actually. That's good. Thank you, Mike. Great. Very. Are you running for uh, Senate? I guess the answer is no after that. Huh? They all want him to. Kansas, great state. They want him to. But you're doing a great job. Don't move. Holy shit. Yeah. Great state. Hot take from our president that Mike Pompeo was in the right <laughs> for fighting with a reporter about if she could find where Ukraine was. And then getting fucking his tits roasted. <laughs> I also just hate these rooms where they're like hooping and hollering for this man. It just doesn't seem like presidential i don't know fun place to be yeah guys west wing really jumped the shark yeah yeah (laughs) also the the one piece of follow-up news we wanted to address this week is that uh the state department disallowed npr from following the secretary of state (laughs) to report on him they're no longer allowed to national public radio yeah (laughs) national public radio it's a the State Department bans NPR reporter from traveling with Pompeo after a testy interview, <laughs> according to Vox. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't enough that he got roasted in front of everyone and Just was proven to be a tiny, tiny bitch, but he had to go one step further. Yeah, he had to go one step further and ban her from being near him so he doesn't get fucking heated <laughs> again and yell for 10 minutes. We don't want him to get owned into oblivion again. Yeah. And uh, Donald Trump's hot take from that is that he didn't get owned. He owned her. And (laughs) if not, then the crowd wouldn't be laughing and chanting with him. (laughs) You did a good job. So we don't want to focus on that too much. but (laughs) Just a quick shout out. We just had to mention that. And again, shout out Mary Louise Kelly. You're You're a bad bitch. We we love you. All three of us will marry you. True. I'm down for that. So I think our next segment this week is our first edition of uh, the Slightly Educational segment. (laughs) (laughs) This will be fun. Yeah. (laughs) This week we just wanted to do like a little deep dive into 
uh, wealth inequality and maybe it's differences between income and wealth inequality and things like that. And this is for anyone who's like listened to us and who's noticed we have a slight political slope in our uh, in our beliefs we here. Classist we, views. We, yeah, 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 yeah. We are very, very anti-rich, and you know it's very offensive. But I don't mind the the weak rich. There's a difference between having thirty million dollars and having a hundred thirty billion dollars. Yeah, like, yeah. And people just don't understand the scope of the that. Order of like, there's yeah. a very large. Difference. Like you, you own two boats. Cool, good for you. You have I'm a fine. good life. That's tight. You have a big ass. Like house that. cool yeah cool. like y- you won't have to work again that's fine yeah i honestly don't even mind if like you're a multi-billion rich if the system was set up where the rules were fair mm-hmm. and you got there fairly but the rules aren't right now and so everyone got there in real fucked up ways and, and it's almost impossible to reach that level like it is that, i mean know, it's in a, a meritocratic uh, yeah. meritocratic system totally so i you mean, have to keep proving your worth over and over again rather than like Bill if no Gates, one was like, living in poverty, if everyone had health care, if our schools and infrastructure were funded, I wouldn't fucking care. Yeah. But while they're fucking hoarding this wealth and we can't pay to get, like, our bridges fixed. It's outrageous. You know, I, I'm kind of a little upset. Yeah. So do you, do you want to start us off, Nick McLean? You want me to go with my stat? Go ahead with yours, uh, and, then, and then once you're – All right, fun little quick stat that we were, we were talking to my brother the other day about just how insane $130 billion is which is uh, the newest number on uh, Jefe Bezos' net worth at Amazon Incorporated. (laughs) So uh, just to put something in perspective for you, if I were your boss and I decided to pay you $5,000 an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks out of the year, that's roughly $10.4 million. Um, which is a large sum of money. That's a life-changing <laughs> sum of money. Most of us at this table are making roughly $20 an hour, and if you offered me $5,000 an hour, I'd fucking jump at that shit. So let's say I paid you $5,000 an hour full-time for the full year, and you spent none of that money. How long do you guys think it would take you to accrue Jeff Bezos kind of money? Um, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe a, a ten, long time. Years, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. The real it's number is <laughs> the real number is about uh twelve thousand five hundred years, <laughs> and something interesting to think about is what human beings were doing twelve thousand five hundred years ago. We were discovering farming. <laughs> so, <laughs> the so, basis yeah, for society. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, from the beginning of society, you were getting paid $5,000 an hour, 40 hours a week, 52 weeks of the year. You would just now be approaching Jeff Bezos' net worth. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it goes back to the stat, you know, like one million seconds is, what, 11 and a half years, and one billion seconds is 31.5 years? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's 11 or and a half days. 11 and a half yeah. days. I read that. Yeah. I said yeah. that wrong. Yeah. yeah. 11 and a half days versus 31 and a half years. Yeah. The human brain isn't made to like you compute can't, numbers can't on the scale. That. Yeah. Even even millions. Once you once you get north of a million, there's no way that you can picture a million of any object besides we were, like Yeah. We were that. talking about this the other day. You might be able to picture a million hundred dollar bills, but try to picture like a million vacuum cleaners. Like there's no – like <laughs> you can't like you can't fathom that in your brain. Like what would that be? Like a football mm-hmm. field? Would that be like no, be... a square mile? I have no fucking clue. Yeah, like it's... I can't fathom what a million of something together looks like. Well, I imagine that'll be the next way we measure things, though, because we just definitely don't like the metric system. So yeah. we're just like, <laughs> <laughs> like you see, like crazy well, stories. Going for that risky like... commie fucking measurements. <laughs> yeah. A bus careens off a bridge. The bus was roughly the size of four hundred grizzly bears. <laughs> 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 what? Eighteen hundred freedom units. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> All right, Nick, you have some stats for us, though, right? Uh, I do have some stats for us now. I'm sure you've heard uh, some of these used in some context. but it Oh, wait, can I hit something real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so a lot of people confuse wealth inequality and income inequality. Yes. The wealthiest among us don't make income, and if they do, it's next to none. Yeah. Most of their wealth comes from owning things and those mm-hmm. things increasing in Stock wealth. dividends, yeah. paybacks on what they've owned. The highest income level is like 400000 a year, which is like a decent doctor. Like, yeah. none of these people are approaching Jeff Bezos' net worth. Yeah, yeah Jeff Bezos does not clock in and, and work 40 hours a <laughs> and week. And get a paycheck in the mail that he then collects at the bank. Like, that's not a thing. There was there was something earlier where he donated, like, something around $150,000 to some charity. 750000 to Australia. Yeah, and, and they said that the, the statistic was that during the time it took to plan and organize this, he made 
six times that amount Which of money. Which probably like 15 minutes. Personally, like it was probably 16 like... times that amount, personally. Yeah. Just just in the time it takes to sign that, get someone to organize where the, yeah. where the funds are going, and, and find a place. And, and, and literally, he, he spent one-sixteenth of what he was making during that time. Yeah, so we're not talking about people who have a good job and a high income. We're talking about the not even the one percent because i think their net worth starts at like in the like nine million ish range we're talking about like the one tenth of one percent the one percent of the one percent exactly those people have insane amounts of wealth that the human brain can't fathom and thus we don't tend to think about it or judge them because 130 billion i mean it's a lot we know it's a lot lot, yeah but but i know that 10 you know 10 million is also a lot lot. yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. yeah. i I can't imagine what i would do with 10 billion dollars let alone you know Times that by a, a thousand. Yeah, a thousand, and then times that by another thirteen, and yeah. then you get Jeff Bezos's wealth. What was it? A, a billions, a thousand groups of a million. Yep, a thousand so, millions. Yeah. So a, a hundred billion is a hundred thousand. A hundred thousand groups of a million. Hundred and thirty thousand one million dollar chunks. <laughs> yeah, one million dollar suitcases. Like you couldn't fit that in anyone's apartment making less than you know like fifty thousand. Yeah. They're no, making less than one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, it's fucking insane. Well, and then you go on higher in one trillion. That's that's some of these companies. That's Amazon yeah. some passed of these it. Companies uh, and I think Apple passed it. Going back to the little thing I said, I was still screwing around my phone, and one trillion seconds is thirty-one thousand six hundred eighty-eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look. Orders of wait, magnitude. Wait, wait, wait. Can you yeah. say that again? I'll just redo the whole thing. All right. Let's see. One million seconds is eleven and a half days. One billion seconds is thirty-one and a half years. One trillion seconds is thirty-one thousand six hundred eighty-eight years. Holy <laughs> like, shit! Yeah. And that's what like am a, humans it, in the Stone Age. Like I don't even past like, that. That's yeah. crazy to me. And, and when people say and when people hand ring and say that these things that people like Bernie or Gang want to pay for are going to cost our government but this Nick, many billion dollars. Did yeah, 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 no, you know. They worked so hard to get that. You're just jealous. Yeah, yeah I, I, I am. I'm, I'm mad jelly. Uh, but, like, think about it this way. We spent north of $1.5 trillion on a plane that just basically successfully flew for the first time two years ago. At we've 35? Been, yeah, we've been yeah. developing that for, what, 17 years? Yeah. We spent $13 trillion on a, on a useless war in Iraq for oil money. Yep. $13 trillion dollars that and covers the freedom dividend for like <laughs> five years right there yeah, yeah. probably even a little <laughs> yeah, longer than that. Yeah. and and yeah like so when it comes to things like <laughs> you know protecting our empire or expanding our empire or, or our gaining, empire was in a lot of danger guys yeah yeah exactly we had, you know, we had to protect it uh the money is always seems to be a bottomless uh you know a bottomless coin purse but when it comes to something like you going to the doctor and not you know starving on the streets to pay for your insulin cancer treatment or, or your insulin or, or you know yeah like literally any of these things uh then of course that's when the hand wringing comes out that's when the the so- so-called progressive liberals come out and say whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. how are we going to pay for that how are though? you got to tell the american people how how you're going to pay for that yeah no like post World War or during World War Two, we spent like what was it, two hundred and sixty times the amount of our annual deficit in one year, just the first year being involved in World War Two, because we recognized something that had to be stopped. Yeah, and it's you have to think about these things as investments into like the future success of our country. Yeah, what what the fuck else is climate change? Countries don't work the same way you do. Like when I run out of money, I can no longer buy a hamburger. The the U.S. government is currently what seventeen trillion dollars in, in debt. debt yeah. Like they're they're still buying shit. <laughs> and and people will hand ring about like the deficit, saying, "Hey, we decrease re- we decrease the deficit. The deficit is a yearly reset. The debt is what we owe to other countries and to yeah, that's you know, an like, like it's, it's it's completely different. So yeah, anytime you hear someone saying some bullshit about what we're gonna do to the deficit or what Trump did to the deficit or whatever, you can't reduce the deficit the next year. The deficit starts over. Well, I also think it is important to address the deficit though because like. It's a, it's it's become one trillion dollars a year in deficit spending. Yeah, close I think. to yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like that's another trillion a year that we're going into the hole. And I'm not one of those. I, I do, like no one's gonna like fucking take North Dakota like some people think China's gonna do. Like it's not. <laughs> I heard like, they <laughs> own Yellowstone. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> like none of that's gonna happen. But it it would be nice to like not lose our credit rating, like continue to borrow money and spend it on our people, things mm-hmm. like that. Exactly. But so deficit isn't unimportant, but it like it's something a lot of people confuse with our national debt, 
our national debt is the total amount we know. Our national deficit is the amount negative we're going to go every year. And exactly. And the deficit is something that if you run it up in a way that it's going to pay dividends in our output as like a society. Infrastructure yeah, infrastructure. People's ability to you know stay healthy and be in the workforce. People's ability to get an education and and you know uh, contribute in higher levels of the economy. These are all things that every economist in the world that that knows anything will tell you will will you know pay dividends. Yeah. So the fact that we run a deficit for however many years while we get these programs going is a long term investment. Yeah. But I, I'm going to go into a couple more stats now. The top. One percent of Americans. You've heard this since you know for the last you know twelve years. Uh, it's been in the headlines. Shout out to Occupy for kind of at least projecting this into the mainstream a True. little bit. Uh, they didn't make any concrete demands, which is why that operation kind of failed, or that you know uh, they didn't have any leaders. They didn't, it, it was a yeah, it was a decentralized a yeah, exactly yeah. a decentralized movement where anyone could stand on a on a soapbox and say which what they want to say. Which means any dumb reporter could un- interview any dumb any, participant exactly. and be I mean, like, oh, this is what they believe. Some, you're gonna find some idiot who's just you know there to be in a to be high in a drunk in a drum circle and just you know say whatever the fuck he believes but like or tinfoil hat time yeah they plant those people <laughs> to make the movement look bad just I, saying. I did, it's very within the realm uh but the top one percent of the population in the united states as of 2011 so and it's only vastly increased since then owns 43 percent of all wealth in the united states yeah Forty three percent, and that's what twenty eleven. That's two thousand eleven, and it's, I think it's closer to it's sixty. Now. It, yeah, I've, yeah, I've it's it's north of fifty. It's it, it yeah. is north of fifty. I think it's north of sixty. I think it. Yeah, <laughs> you might be right. It's been getting scary recently. The next nineteen percent in two thousand eleven, so that the top twenty percent, besides the the one percent, yeah. owned fifty percent. So if you're doing some math here, like whoa, the top we're running out of money really yeah. quick. <laughs> that is. That 90? is 93%, 93% of the economy is held by 20%. 20% of the people in this country. Meaning that the bottom 80%, everyone that's listening to this podcast, everyone you know is 7%. 7%. We're splitting. And that's not counting. The bottom 10th percent is, has negative net worth. Yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah, owe yeah, more yeah. money than they are worth at the end of the day. Yeah. So think, that's the whole middle class and everything has of, less than 7% of the wealth of our nation. Think about a pizza. You think about there's 10 people. One guy gets half the pizza. The next guy or the next two guys get, you know, like the split four slices of pizza. And then you get less than half of that last slice of pizza to share with the other eight people in the group. Yeah. A slice of pizza is 12.5% of a pizza. You get literally less than half, or about half of that, to yeah. split split between eight people. That's where we're at right now. That's society. Yep. So if you're wondering why we have a slight tilt towards Bernie Sanders, Andrew Yang, uh, Elizabeth Warren, people who, you know, uh, to steal Warren's phrase, uh, so, uh, you know, are are putting forward big structural change, mm-hmm. things that will reorient the way that our co- our economy distributes wealth, like. Whatever you can say about whatever you know you've heard about democratic socialism, universal basic income, any of these things, like clearly it's not working the way that it's happening now. It's and this isn't change. ideal for any American or like the vast majority. I'm sure the one percent is very happy right now. Mm-hmm. But but the fact is like you don't have to approach like a socialist or communist utopia to decide like hey, this is getting fucking ridiculous. No, not mm-hmm. even close. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think you could just subdivide it where the top 20% instead of 90 had, like, 40% or even 60, and yeah. people would still be well, vast we, amounts We happier. have to do something because it's super fucked up. I yeah. mean, what Nick just said was pretty pretty spot on, except for, you know, you, you split one slice between eight people and you don't get toppings. Like, <laughs> they take your toppings, too. <laughs> Like it's fucked up. And when you up. ask for dipping sauce, they're like, "How are we gonna pay for the dipping sauce? <laughs> We're gonna yeah. raise your taxes." Right. <laughs> no, it's it's super fucked up, and we need to do something about it. And Bernie's one of our best bets. And 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 if you're you know thinking that Trump was gonna shake things up in the way that society is organized and things like that, if 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 that's kind of what you went for in 2016, um, he proposed a tax cut. That shifted more wealth to the one percent yeah. than any president since the we Gilded don't hate age. you, we hate Trump. Trump, we, yeah. we, I mean, everyone's got to vote in their own interest. If you thought that was your interest, I'm not judging you at no, all. But no, yeah, 
but the system's currently not working. And it's something that me and Nick talk about all the time is there's this great TED talk by uh, some billionaire, and mm-hmm. it was called the pitch. Bo- but the pitch pitchforks are, are coming. coming. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, if you continue to stratify uh, income in society to this level, there's going to be only so far you can push the bottom 50% of human beings before they're like, well, fuck it. Let's. Uh, We're taking that shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's 80% of us. Um, let's go do something about yeah, this. Like, exactly. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. We outnumber them vastly. Well, yeah. like, let's just <laughs> fuck some shit up. It can't get worse than it is right now. Yeah, like the the you know French Revolution is is a, is an exact point of it. Like they you know how much do you think a guillotine costs? Now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you could DIY one. Yeah, <laughs> probably under five hundred bucks. Yeah, under a thousand for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually did. Yeah. You guys want to borrow it? I, but that, the <laughs> argument this billionaire was making was like, hey, I might be worth five billion now. I'd be just as fucking cozy being worth five hundred million. Yeah, and maybe it would keep people from not killing me. That, that might be a good arrangement for me. You see all these fucking tech entrepreneurs who are worth billions of dollars buying, like, bunkers in New Zealand? Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. they know. They know like, coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They know once people are automated mm-hmm. and their net worth continues to slide and slide and slide and they see the 1% continue to grow and grow and grow, th- there's going to be a, a base human reaction. You hit a certain point where you have so much money and it's like the equivalent, oh, I should build a bunker? It's like the equivalent of one of us buying a McChicken that would save our lives. 100%. It's, yeah. it's like, all right. All right. It oh. costs $100 million? Fuck it. I'll make that much in interest next week. Yeah. I'll buy a McChicken. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fucked up. Yeah, no. So, I mean, th- this is the, the state of our economy, and we just wanted to kind of educate people on the magnitude of this because we all mostly knew it's some sort of problem, but I think when you put it into perspective, uh, you kind of start to realize it's not just a little problem. Like, there's... The money exists. We just got to decide as a society what we want to do with it. And the fact that the bottom 10% are net negative, have more debts than assets, is like a huge thing. Like, you can't take out loans. You can't get a nice car. You definitely are you not get going ahead. to. Yeah. There's what was that? Uh, do you know what I'm talking about with the, like, the, the wealthy people like shoe problem where it's like, it, I, I always want to say Oliver Twist, but it's not. But they had this argument that like wealthy people are wealthy because they can buy one nice pair of boots for $400 and poor people have to go buy a new pair of boots every six months for like $40. Yeah. And the one guy with the $400 boots can just like wear those for the rest of his life. That's the same equivalent with like healthcare, housing, Mm -hmm. like vehicles. Like you can buy a shitty vehicle because you can't get a loan, but then you got to worry about fixing it up all the time. Can you make it to work? Like Mm -hmm. whatever's going on. That's, that's all stresses in our lives that we constantly worry about that aren't uh, a stress at all of, Oh, it was, Captain Samuel Vimes boots theory of socioeconomic unfairness. But yeah, like I, I think an important point to address was that like there's the, the biggest thing money buys these people is a stress for your life that mm-hmm. most of us below the 80% or even 90% life will never understand. Yeah, and, and I want to shout out um, a, a sociologist and philosopher, John Rawls. He was a close friend of the Clintons who Bill obviously didn't listen to when he was uh, governing because he vastly decreased the, you know, the, the tendencies towards his policies. Uh, but John Rawls created an idea of basically a sentient being say that you know everything you know, everything we just told you. Oh, I like you know, this theory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything you know about a society, you are a baby in some, you know, sack in, in the middle of nowhere that you know you're going to be born at random into a society. Now, if you would take the odds of your survival being born into a random household in a random society in, in, in your society, uh, and 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 you know, bet that you can make it successful in life and make it to eighteen alive and all yeah. these kind of things, then that might be a fair and equi- equitable society. Yeah, you want you if you don't know what you're going to be born as, you want a less racist, a less sexist, a less mm-hmm. classist mm-hmm. society. Because what if you're born in the worst of all possible Yeah, worlds? what if you're born in East St. Louis uh, where they haven't had a net positive in, in, in overall wealth for four decades or a literacy rate below or, or above uh, 60%? At, like all of these things, like you could be born anywhere in the U.S. Yeah. We are the richest nation on earth. And I would not take those odds. I would never re-roll my odds for where I was born. I've made it to the point I have where I'm still struggling. Sheer force of luck. Yeah, just (laughs) absolute blind luck, born into a white family with uh, with a a decent middle-class life. Yeah. And we're still struggling to make ends meet. So if you can't make, or if you won't take those odds, then something's wrong in your society, and you should address that problem and make those odds something that you would bet on. 
there's more of a chance of you getting struck by a meteor than getting as wealthy as any of these billionaires. Yeah. So fucking uh, fight for your class. Realize your interest. And just try to make the world a better place. I mean, yeah. if you people, make it a better place for you, you're making it a better place for your neighbor. You still, uh, I couldn't even imagine the life I could lead with 200 million. Yeah. You know? That's the thing. I could never run out of money. Yeah. I couldn't do it. No. Oh, shit. I can't buy that four point. Five billion dollar yacht that the richest man in Myanmar bought. Well, I'll buy a twenty thousand dollar yacht. You know, yeah, right? Yeah, like <laughs> or, or twenty million dollar yacht. Yeah, you know, whatever. Like, still you know, fucking balling, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, the people just aren't aren't voting with the classes. No, you need to you need to do that, and you need to stand up for a change, or things are going to keep happening that help the rich. All right, I think we could keep going on this for hours, hours but let's yeah. go into our chaser this week, which. Uh, was what we were watching right before we started recording. <laughs> the State of the Union Address by President Donald J. Trump. Oh, man. Yeah, that was <coughs> a fun one. So he pulled out all the stops here, guys. All like, the stops. If you haven't seen it, if you weren't watching, which I, I hope wouldn't. you weren't. Yeah. I hope you weren't. <laughs> Don't go back and watch it. it You'll was see terrible. all the important shit on Twitter. Yeah, uh, all the clips will be there. But what he did was absolutely absurd. He was he, he truly is a showman. I mean, he I is, can give no, him that. Like yeah. he he knows how to put it on a show. It felt like a game show. It really was. It literally did. He's and giving a out brand prizes. New yeah. car. No, no, you know, and like uh, he, waiting for Ty Pennington to come yeah, out and yeah, give exactly. someone a home makeover. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He 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 handed out a uh, a grant for their entire college education to someone. Uh-huh. He uh, wheeled out a uh, you know a, a veteran. Who got addicted to drugs and it over overcame that and 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 overcame PTSD. And uh, this was the first like five minutes. Yeah, and, and he wheel or he he even had a um, you know those videos you see uh, great videos the of, 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 of tear jerkers. Yeah, of of a of a you know a deployed serviceman surprising his kid surprising when he comes the, back yeah, home. Yeah, surprising their kid and wife when they come back home not knowing what was there. Um, that was live in the State of the Union. That happened <laughs> Did that. live. At the State of the Union. He surprised the State family the with their, their husband and father at the State of the Union. Which is, I mean, sweet, but the State of the Union isn't supposed to be like a game show with prizes. Well, like, I, I, like it, it's cool that he's home. No. We, and also, we love that he came home, but there was a better time to and, do and I, and, I, and I honestly don't think that it was a surprise to the family, maybe to the kids, but the wife did not look all that surprised. Like, why would you be at the State of the Union as just the wife of a serviceman? Like out of the blue, like clearly, yeah. like something they, they knew something was up. I mean, the the best one though was what uh, freaking Nick alluded to with his shout out was jerking off the base <laughs> by by giving Rush jerking Limbaugh. off the base. It wasn't yeah. even jerking off. They got full yeah. BJ's yeah. for that one. That was <laughs> giving, giving Rush Limbaugh a Presidential Medal of Freedom during the State of the Union. That's wild, man. It, it was a wild. It was a wild ride. Uh, Power move. I wouldn't advise anyone watch it. I expected anything but that. Like I thought they he... were just gonna at least shout him out, be like, get to the base a little bit, and be like, hey, sorry you got cancer, Rush. That sucks. Uh, cancer sucks for everyone. I mean, I get that you're a mean person, but cancer still sucks. But yeah. to give him like a fucking presidential medal of freedom during the State of the Union was wild. Oh my god, it's it's like the greatest. Like he really, truly is the greatest showman we've ever had take take office. Like yeah, Reagan was an actor, but he was geriatric and like you know like slow moving by the time he. And took most office. other like, presidents had at least some respect for the office. Yeah, yeah, it was like there's some serious a level of seriousness, level of seriousness we have to take. Yeah. Like you know, and even even everyone there, all the Republicans there, yeah, like a fucking football yeah. game. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it, but clap. That is it's something you do in the chamber. <laughs> like, they, come on, yeah. this is not yeah. something you. This isn't a football game. Yeah, and, and he's clearly in in campaign mode. He was throwing he out things like, uh, you know, uh, nationwide uh, universal broadband for rural areas. That was like, a big one. I did not expect paid that. parental leave was one exactly. I didn't expect. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's doing all these things like he was mirroring a lot of Bernie's talking points when he ran because yeah. Steve Bannon was like, "Hey, look." You're Populism running a populist works. campaign. Yeah. You need to run populist talking points. You're going to be the only person on stage to protect Medicare and Social Security. You're going to be the only person on stage to expand health benefits. You're going to be the only person on stage to do this. like To cover pre-existing conditions, exactly. which is something there's a lawsuit right now in the Supreme Court to end the ACA's coverage of pre-existing conditions. Like It, it was just – He pulled a, a, a Kennedy, but n- not in a good way, <laughs> when he was like, we're going to go to Mars. All right. 
so we're gonna spend our money on that. Yeah, uh, oh, I actually thought that, that was tight. Yeah, it's cool. I want to go to Mars, but I do too. But I, at this point, it needs to be done by uh, a private company. Well, also just not a part of a, sh- a show, which no, this felt like a TV show. I don't know. Oh I kind of want to wrap this up because yeah. the state of the union is depressing. It's depressing. Sorry, our chaser is usually a little, little more light. Usually more lighter. Fun, we thought this would be funner, <laughs> <laughs> and it was. We got sad. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, once again, giving some shout outs to our other podcast. Uh, I know we said last week we'll be uh, releasing soon. We don't know exactly when, but a pub divided our, our debate podcast. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Just Google it every couple days. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll show up sometime. If you follow us on uh, our Spotify, Apple Music, or our YouTube, you will be the first to know. Sign up for notifications. Yes, click we the notification bell. We don't post too much. Bell. It won't bother you. Exactly, exactly. And um, definitely go check out our clips. We have some exclusive clips that are not in any of our long-form for, long, uh, episodes uh, on that YouTube channel, Slightly Informed it's Media. Five-minute little clips. And uh, some, some brief shout-outs uh, to you. If you liked our segment on wealth inequality, you want to look up a little bit more, we're each going to give a quick shout-out to a place you can learn more. Mine is a documentary. Check out Requiem for the American Dream. It is on Hulu right now. If you have a Hulu subscription, if you d- uh, go check it out. If you don't, steal one. And um, and yeah, I'm gonna shout out uh, the documentary Inside Job, which is all about the collapse of 2008. And then also uh, there's a video called it's just a quick six minutes on YouTube called Wealth Inequality in America by Politizane, and that's a real quick summary of what people want as a society and what we have and uh, what we could do to make things different. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week and uh, hopefully with some less pressing news. Love you. Love you guys. Niggas off of liquor on the street lights. Dice game and street names, everybody tight. House parties, get the mic or tell the DJ. Pulling holes in the high school hallways, it won't fade like niggas play stress all day.